0: Gazette newspapers presents the parting shots podcast now here's your host daily Gazette associate sports editor Ken Shaw thank you Scott Geezy and welcome to the parting shots podcast available wherever you get your podcast subscribe today thanks for joining me from the parting shots podcast studio in Schenectady New York the Albany patroons are getting set to open the basketball league season on Friday against the Massachusetts Monarchs at the Washington Avenue Armory to talk about that is the head coach and general manager of the patroons Will Brown and Will welcome back to the podcast and I guess the excitement is building and uh, getting ready for Friday night well I appreciate
1: you having me on and yeah we're looking forward to Friday we had a long training camp longer than expected um, you know 24 to 72 hours prior to training camp I had uh, you know Three guys get called overseas uh, for jobs in Europe, and I had another one that had some family issues he had to take care of, and three of those guys were six nine or bigger. So uh, that left me scrambling a little bit, and uh, so we extended training camp and brought a bunch of big men in, and here we are uh, Monday and getting ready uh, to do an awful lot this week in a short period of time to get ready for Friday night's game.
0: So since you were named the and General Manager what has life been like for you I mean it's it's I think we talked about this uh when we we had you on earlier but it's almost like recruiting in college isn't it
1: Well it, it is but it isn't um I I spend a lot of my time on the phone with agents at the college level you're recruiting high school coaches, junior college coaches, family members. You know, here you're dealing directly with agents, uh, the player. And in certain situations, I've had to go – to the college coach uh, whether it's somebody that I've developed a relationship with over the years during my time coaching in college or if I just had to reach out to a college coach uh, to get some feedback you know on a player that he coached a few years back but you know the the thing is the agents the more money the player makes the more money the agent makes and having the title of general manager i'm in control of the salary cap and roster management and all of that good stuff so um and some of these agents are from all all over the world so the time difference has been challenging i've been on the phone at 3:30 in the morning because of a uh, time zone difference and uh trying to get some work done uh, during the early a.m hours but you know it, it's been fun it's been different uh It good, different, but life's been hectic, especially the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think I wake up and say goodbye to my wife, and I come home and I say goodnight to her. So, uh, spending a lot of time at the office, uh, working around the clock. But you know, I enjoy working. I enjoy being in the office. Uh, That's something that um, won't change uh, over time. Uh, You know, I like to work. So, so it's been good so far.
0: So it's almost. Similar, you know you, you know, you know, being in the office and all that stuff—it's almost similar like your days at UAlbany.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just a it's just a different level, and there's, you know, different things that uh, need to get done. Uh, you know, coaching at this level, you're not dealing, you know, with academics, alumni, boosters, uh, but yet uh, you're. I wear many hats here, so, you know, trying to form, you know, corporate partnerships and embracing the community and trying to rally the community around the Patroons to make sure we get people in the seats and, you know, assembling a roster. And, you know, the good thing here is I have an experienced and talented Coaching staff, you know, I had one at the college level as well, but I think when you make the transition here to the Patroons, you're just not sure uh, what type of staff you're able to assemble. And for me to take the job, uh, there were a few things that were really important to me. You know, having control of the basketball operations piece, meaning, you know, really the salary cap and roster management was important. But also uh, the staff, you know, I needed to get confirmation from two individuals in particular that they would uh, do this with me for me to do it, and that was Donnie Bassett and Brian Beery. I got my start, as many people know, uh, right out of college at the College of St. Rose. I worked uh, for and with Brian Beery, and I shared an office there with Donnie Bassett. So the mentality was, let's have some fun with this. Can we get the old gang Back together, and both of them, uh, without hesitation said yes, they were excited about it. And then we added Julie McBride, who many people know is arguably the best female basketball player in Section 2 history. I mean, maybe. Regardless, male, female, she's one of the best in Section 2 history. And then, you know, Mark Ribsick has 20 plus years experience, you know, as a Division 2 head coach, junior college head coach, Division 1 assistant, Division 2 assistant. So I got very lucky uh, to be able to surround myself with some talented basketball coaches and really good people.
0: I mean, how important is it to have those kind of people there, names that are familiar to Capital Region? Uh, Basketball fans. I mean, was that a factor in you know in you taking a job and being able to to bring familiar names in?
1: Absolutely, uh, without question. And you know, I used julie mcbride as an example julie worked out my older son jackson uh jackson spent a lot of time at julie's gym and julie was great to him and, and and with him and she had approached me uh a few times and said she wanted to get into the coaching profession and i thought she was crazy uh she's got a nice training business uh going on in troy and she's very successful but she wants to coach she loves the game and my question uh, Her was, people are going to be impressed with your playing resume. I said, you have to be able to answer that question about the lack of coaching experience. So, when, when, when I was thinking about this position and thinking about a staff, you know, Julie came to mind right away and she was really interested. And now she's going to be able to, you know, put on that resume that she's coached at the professional level and she's coaching high-level players that have played at the Power 5 level in college, the NBA, G League, and all over the world. So, um, you know, I want this to be of benefit to my coaching staff as well. Brian Beery's retired. Donnie Bassett's retired. You know, but Mark Ripsick and Julie, um, you know, still want to coach and coach for a living and have many years left. So uh, we have a nice balance uh, on staff and you know, I pick their brain daily. It's always about growth and development. And for me, I want to continue to evolve and get better as a coach. And I've got four individuals that uh, will keep me on my toes, that have great ideas, really good basketball minds that our players enjoy being around.
0: And to bring on, I me mean, we're, we're, you know, seeing it more and more now that women athletes going into coaching are, you know, joining uh, men's stats. I mean, it's, I think it's a great move, and I think you, know, you hiring uh, Julie is a, is a step in that direction.
1: You know, it, it's about do they bring value to the organization you, in my opinion you just don't do something to do it or for a pr stunt you want quality people in your organization julie's outstanding and i like to joke around uh, the fact that she was as good of a player and played professionally as long as she did at her size i mean she's tiny she's got the funky hair but you know she she is intense and she's got a really good basketball mind outstanding with the player development Um, and she adds tremendous value to our organization and I thought the same thing when we were looking for a broadcast team for our live streams you know I'm like who brings value to the organization And, and I'm like you know Marissa Jacks Allie Jacks, you know, even though they're not related, you know, the Jack sisters uh are our broadcast team and you know, Allie's a longtime division one college coach. Marissa's a longtime sports personality in this area, news personality, and you know, I thought they would form a a uh, terrific partnership and be a great broadcast team. And I've gotten more feedback, you know, about those three hirings. It's amazing the emails that I, I have received from people that I do not even know. But for me, it was, you know what? These people are local, which is which is great. Yes, they are female, but they're really good at what they do. They're talented individuals that uh, our community, they're you know, are familiar with. And I think that's another another thing. Hey, look at all these people with local ties that are working with the patroons. Let's go check the patroons out. And I told our people here, we've got one time, one opportunity to get it right. It's Friday night. You know, it's not going to be for the product on the floor. We're going to have a tremendous product on the floor. All right. But we need to make sure that everyone that attends that game Friday night has a good experience. You know, there's always going to be one or two people that aren't happy, but it's got to be one or two people. Uh, So they have to have a positive experience so they come back. This is family-friendly. It's affordable, and we want to see the same faces over and over and over. And obviously, each week, uh, we welcome newer faces, but we want that big crowd that we expect on Friday night. We want them back. We want them looking forward to Patroons games.
0: What has the reaction been like since you started running the organization? I mean, how are ticket sales... I mean, how are tickets sales for this Friday night opener?
1: Well, you know, for instance, we have, uh, I think, 95... 95- Court side seats, and those are $450 each uh, for the season, the 13 home games, and those are sold out. So uh, to me, uh, for them to be sold out at this point in time, uh, I think that speaks volumes of, you know what, there's an interest from the community and from, you know, Corporate people, corporate partnerships, uh, corporate sponsors, and the general admission tickets, I think two things. Uh, one, they're $149 for season tickets um so i think what happens with those tickets is it's first come first serve you want to get here early pick your seat uh go ahead that's one of the benefits but we also um expect a tremendous walk-up crowd as well because i do think there's a lot of people that are going to come here to check out that first game and then figure out all right what do we want to do now moving forward uh you know so again i i think uh, every game you know, we're looking at uh, a good walk-up crowd, but, you know, we've been uh, pleasantly surprised with the interest, you know, in season tickets, and I think that will continue to pick up this week.
0: Of course, um, you know, the Albany Troons back in the day in the CBA were, you know, just uh, popular around here. What's it going to take to bring that magic back? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a lot of history and tradition here, you know, going back to the CBA days, and that was a long time ago, Ken. As you know, at that time, the CBA was the feeder system for the NBA, and coaches and players were moving on from the CBA to the NBA, including coaches and players from the Patroons. I think uh, it's a process of educating the community that, hey, we're here, we want you involved, come check us out. You know, we have to be really active on uh, social media. You know, we have to advertise it. We have to market it. And when we get people here, we have to do everything we can to make sure they have a great experience. So they're eager Come back! Um, I think myself, my staff, our players—we need to be visible. We need to be accessible. Um, you know, after the game Friday night, uh, you know the players will hang around on the court for any kids or fans uh, you know that want to interact with our players, shake their hands, talk to them, get some photos with them. Uh, you know, for. We serve beer, wine, I mean, so for the adult crowd coming out, you can grab a glass of wine, grab a beer, sit in the crowd, uh, enjoy yourself, uh, maybe grab a bite to eat before the game. Um, So we're trying to make it as fan-friendly as possible. But again, uh, we have to continue to educate people. You know what? Hopefully this COVID, uh, the last two years when we've been dealing with COVID, hopefully we can continue to push it away from us and hopefully it's going away slowly but surely and more and more people are comfortable about uh you know coming down to the armory and because we're expecting a a big crowd but again we've got to let them know that we're playing Who we're playing, where we're we're playing, when we're playing, what the league is all about, how many teams are in the league. A lot of people don't even know. There's 44 teams in the league from coast to coast. There's nine nine teams in our division. So we will stay in our division all season long, we have one exhibition game against a team from the uh, NBL Canada, uh, and then once we get into the playoffs, that's when we would leave our division and, you know, maybe play teams from down south or in the Midwest or the West Coast. So uh, the last time the patroons played, you know, uh, right before COVID, there were only Ten or eleven teams, uh, you know, in the league at that time. Now the league has grown to forty-four teams. Uh, you know, there's talented coaches in the league, some outstanding players. I think that's what people are going to be surprised about is the level of play. The, uh, a lot of leagues overseas have gone on pause or shut down because of COVID, and a lot of players who ordinarily would be overseas. Have come home. Uh, there's a lot of players that didn't want to go overseas because of the fear of COVID that have stayed in the United States. And really in the United States right now, if you're not playing in the NBA or the G League, you have the TBL. And that's why there's 44 teams and, you know, 10 to 12 players on each roster. So there's a lot of players and talented players, you know, playing in TBL this season.
0: Well, let's talk about the players as we talk Monday. I mean, the roster is yet to be finalized, but can you give us a glimpse of some of the players that you know the fans can uh, watch uh, this season? Yeah,
1: you know, I'll just I'll just talk about a few right now. I mean, we've got. Guys like Mike Williams, who played four years at Rutgers and was a thousand-plus point scorer there, and uh, you know a two-time captain who's played uh, you know overseas. Isaiah Jackson was started at Providence for three years, scored over a thousand points there. Jaquan Newton played at Miami in the ACC, another thousand-plus point scorer who's played in the G League and you know and overseas as well. We've got uh, AJ Mos. Who was all swack at Alcorn State? Who played uh, three years in the NBA G League and all over the world. Six ten, you know, Jared Sam, who played in the SWAC, was all swag as well at Southern University. Played in the NBA G League. Both those players, AJ and Jared, were HBCU all Americans in college. You know, so those are just five guys right there that. Um, unbelievable college careers that have been paid to play this game uh you know that will continue to play this game for you know a long time and uh you know who we expect to be you know really good players for us uh the the, the thing that I'm uh, the challenge for me is you know our training camp was extended so I think we're way way behind where we need to be right now, and we play on Friday and we play on Sunday. So really, in training camp, I put some simple things in offensively and defensively, and we allowed guys to play and we evaluated. Well, here we are now. Yesterday, we had meetings with our players, and you know, we cut some guys, uh, finalized our roster practicing today but i have two players that are still overseas in europe that will not be reporting until wednesday one wednesday and one thursday so we'll have 10 guys at practice today and two guys can't go one tweaked his groin one hurt his ankle so we've got eight guys that will practice today so we're going to be really behind because i'm not going to have the full group together until wednesday as long as uh you know, actually Thursday and hopefully we don't have any flight issues with those guys getting over here. So, we're going to really keep things simple heading into this weekend and then we really have to maximize what we do next week in practice cuz that'll be the f- really where we have some time with this group uh completely together intact where we can get some stuff done so really simple offensively this weekend and you know we're really going to focus on uh the defensive side of the ball you know this week i think mean, this is an offensive minded league teams really want to score, a lot of individual talent, so I think if uh, we can be solid defensively and rebound the ball, you know, I'm going to give these guys tremendous freedom, especially early on offensively, and we've just got to make sure that we don't turn that thing over. As you know, doesn't matter what sport, turnovers kill, so hopefully we can push the pace and get out and transition offensively and uh, really compete uh, on the glass and defensively, and, you know, I think we'll have success.
0: Yeah, you mentioned turnovers. I I I always hear when I hear announcers say a bad turnover, I'm thinking, is there such a thing as a good turnover?
1: (laughs) Well, you know what, I I always I always tell our guys, you know, no matter how you spin it, turnovers are bad, but if we're gonna turn the ball over, throw it into the fifteenth row so the other team has to take the ball out of bounds and we can set our defense. It's the live turnovers, especially in basketball, that absolutely Yet, because you know, live ball turnovers lead to uncontested fast break opportunities in many instances, and so if we are going to turn it over, let's make sure the ball goes out of bounds so we can set our defense. But I prefer that we do not turn it over, but it's inevitable, turnovers are going to happen, and I say this all the time. I've asked our guys a couple of times, I said, Hey, what do you guys? know about gymnastics and and our guys look at me like i have two heads i said in gymnastics you get rewarded for degree of difficulty in basketball you don't get any points for degree of difficulty so let's keep it simple and let's be efficient as possible and once they start thinking about it so they're like yeah that makes sense so you know let's limit that degree of difficulty we don't need style points we just need to be efficient and effective
0: Does your coaching style change uh, going from college to pro? Hey, you know, it has to.
1: I, I, I think it's um, a little bit different mentality from a, a player standpoint. Uh, these guys have all gotten paid to play and they expect to get paid for, you know, a long time moving forward. Uh, they all have been the best player, um, you know, on their college teams or, you know, even over in Europe, because in Europe, there's a cap in many countries as far as how many import players you can have so you know if it's two americans usually the two best players are the americans here you know we've got 12 guys that can really play and You know, I've spent a lot of time talking to Coach Donnie Bassett because he was George Carl's assistant with the Patroons. You know, it's an NBA game, NBA rules. It's eight minutes longer, 48 minutes. There's a legal defense. Um, So you can't stand in the paint. You have to be within an arm's length of the guy that you're guarding. Um, So there's a defensive three-second call. It's a technical foul. It's one shot. The offense gets the ball back. My goal is to lead the TBL and technical fouls for illegal defense. We really want to load to the ball, but we have to uh, be smart about it. We have to show the referees that we're just not planted in the lane, so we've got to be active with our feet in the lane, out of the lane, you know, Play uh, Jedi mind tricks with the the offense, with the officials, and, you know, just be ready to attack uh, the dribble penetration when we do get beat. You know, probably the toughest thing for me is going to be, you watch the NBA, they always talk about the second unit and in college you were lucky if you had five good starters if i had five good starters when i was coaching in college i knew i had a chance to win the league if you have one legit guy coming off the bench in college you probably should win the league um you know here i've got 12 guys that can really play so how am i going to handle the second unit and then how am i going to handle the two guys that aren't playing and you know you can say well in college yeah you know you had you know guys sitting on the bench that weren't part of the rotation but in college more often than not it was younger guys and they they got to a point where they understood they had to wait their turn here, you know, these guys have all played professionally and very few of them have sat on the bench before. So they're not as patient, uh, you know, and you really have to communicate with those guys and make sure that, hey, who plays on Friday might not be the same guys that play on Sunday because of matchups or style of play. And, you know, so uh I'm interested to see how I do handling the player rotations in the lineup, you know, over 48 minutes. And that's something that, you know, I'm going to have to lean on my staff for. We're going to have to, uh constantly be communicating with each other, communicating with the players, but you know, the rules are the rules are different. It's eight seconds to get it over half court and not ten. When the ball is in the front court sideline out of bounds, you are not allowed to throw the ball into the back court to inbound the ball unless it's the last two minutes of the game or over time. So You know, uh, just some things that you have to be aware of. So I've spent a lot of time reading that rule book just to make sure that, you know, I never put our team in a position, especially in a tight game, where – I'm unsure of a certain rule. So uh, I've emailed the commissioner of the league multiple times for clarification. You know, I've gone through the rule book multiple times and will continue to do so, printed out copies of the rules. I've got one binder at home, one in my office. You know, so when I get bored and uh, late at night, if I don't like what's on TV, I just go through the binder. So, you know, uh, there's always something. Uh, So, uh, so far, it's keeping me on my toes and trying to stay alert and making sure that uh, that I'm prepared.
0: What will it be like Friday night for you personally? I mean, it's, it'll be about a about a year since uh, you left you Albany. Uh, what, what, what will the, will be nervous? Uh, will the adrenaline be flowing? It, it, you know what's uh
1: what's crazy about that and and that's that's a good question you know I have always felt uh the more nervous you are uh the more unprepared that you might be and I've always prided myself uh in preparation I always felt that our teams were always prepared we might not Uh, have executed as well as I would have liked or, you know, we might not have uh, guarded something the way that we asked the guys to guard it. But I always felt that we were prepared. So I was never nervous because of a lack of preparation. I was nervous just because, you know, I'm a competitor and, you know, I want our guys to enjoy success. I want them to be successful, and, you know, you just hope that you've done all you could and you did a good enough job in preparing your team and that your team is focused and ready to compete and ready to win with the understanding that, you know, uh, every few minutes and every quarter, it's all about adjustments and making sure that you adjust in a timely manner, that you have more than one way to guard specific individuals and specific teams and actions. Um You know, and, you know, but I'm going to be excited as well. Excited because uh, I'm looking forward to enjoying the process of coaching with the staff that, uh, you know, we have in place. I'm excited because of how many familiar faces are going to be in the crowd. You know, I'm excited to, you know, to see all the media uh, members as well. You know, I always enjoyed the relationships with the media. You know, every once in a while, do you get a, a silly question that you want to uh, scratch your head and be like, really, did you just ask me that? But, uh, but I've always appreciated the media's interest in me, our program. Um, you know, so I'm excited to see all the members of the local media as well. You know, the newspapers, the TVs, uh just to talk with them and I appreciate their interest in well, as well. Just what you're doing right now, Ken, you know, uh, I appreciate your interest uh, in the Patroons and, and me, our organization, you know, so it's the relationship piece uh, and, you know, so we're going to go full circle here and, you know, uh, just really get to see a lot of familiar faces that I'm looking forward to seeing again.
0: And I'm guilty as charged about asking silly questions of the coaches over here you can ask uh, Rick Bennett or Nate Lehman or you know, those guys I know, no. that. You know you know what happens
1: yeah. if, if, if you ask the question you know especially after a loss when our heads are spinning and you know we're trying to think what went wrong we're irritable we're frustrated and in my case all that was going on sometimes after we won yeah. you know so but what I what I always tried to do is was take a deep breath and just be like you know what they're doing their job, they're, they're they're asking a question, they deserve an answer, so give them an answer <laughs> you know, so but I, I've always appreciated uh, you know, the media so, um, you know, I think sometimes you guys are in a, a difficult spot and questions have to be asked and, uh, you know, so again, I'm looking forward to those questions coming at me on, uh, you know, this week and Friday and, and the rest of the season and uh, just really excited to get going
0: Well, Will, I appreciate uh, talking some uh, basketball with you, and uh, uh, we'll, uh, hopefully, hopefully I get a chance to come out and see a game one of these days, uh, if Mike's schedule permits.
1: Yeah, no, looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully we can get you in the
0: armory, and tell Mike Kelly, man, he's got to give you some free time to get over here. Well, it's, it's March. It's March Madness down between high schools, the basketball, college basketball, college hockey. It's going to be a crazy month, so I think once things die down, I and mean, you get in April, we'll have some free time. Well, Looking look forward to it. All right, well, that's Will Brown, the head coach of the NN and general manager of the Albany Troons. We'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest in just a moment. All of us love sports. But not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. New York High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by
1: the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators
0: Association. Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Chad Arnold. You're listening to the Pardon Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The Week 2 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is John Mancini of Northville. John wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, John. The VIP winners are Jerry Peel of Frank and & Sons and Dwayne Leach of All Seasons Equipment. I'll announce the winner of the contest, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. If you would like to play in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest, go to dailygazette.com and click the Auto Racing Contest banner. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic We appreciate the job you are doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I would like to thank Will Brown for coming on the show. I'll have another podcast Thursday focusing on college hockey. I'll preview the Union Men's ECAC Hockey Tournament first-round series against Princeton this weekend. I'll have interviews with Union Interim Head Coach John Ronan and several of the Dutchmen. I'll also speak with Princeton Head Coach Ron Fogarty. And Josh Sheegan of College Hockey News will help me break down the four first-round series. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots.